time for a video. Let's have some fun. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Alter Universe Live, the series that covers the more nerdy, geeky fandom and just kind of funny stuff. Today, if you're a fan of creatures and monsters, we're getting spooky. To start us off, we're going to Greek mythology for a character that most everybody has probably heard of, the Siren. Now, these guys, we're getting the information today from GreekMythology.com. Seems very fitting. Um, oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, excuse me. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, so these guys were half bird, half maiden, uh, singing enchantresses capable of luring passing sailors to the islands and to their doom. They were the daughters of the river god Achilles, probably pronouncing that wrong, and a muse, and they were fated to die if anyone should survive their singing. When Odysseus, one of the most famous stories that we've read, passed them by unharmed, they hurled themselves into the sea and were drowned. Seems a little dramatic, huh? Um, so the family lineage, as we just mentioned, they were the daughters of the river god Achilles and Amuse. Depending on the source, though, it was undoubtedly one of these three, Terpsichore, Melpomene, or Calliope, that one I've actually heard of. However, according to the great tragedian Euripides, the siren's mother was actually one of the Pleiades, Sterope. Um, for Homer... Only two nameless sirens were mentioned. Later, authors usually talk about three, naming them in any number of ways. It would seem that Theoxope, Agliope, and Parthenope are the three names one encounters with the highest frequency. They usually dwelled in craggy rocks on islands called Serenium Scopuli by the Romans. I apologize. This is not my language. It was said that sirens dwell in places was a ghastly sight to behold, a lot of bones, and of course, some dead bodies. Um, the portrayals of them. As we mentioned, the Odyssey, we got to see them. Um, Homer says nothing about them outwardly, appearance-wise, but one can infer that they have that uh, he has a mind like mind human-like, he had in mind human-like creatures, if not beautiful maidens. However, at a later date, this was changed, um, and both poets and artists started depicting them more, how harpies were usually portrayed creature with a body of a bird and a woman's face. Um, one of the famous stories was the abduction of Persephone. Um, quite a few of them, but obviously this is one of the biggest ones. Um, according to the first one, Demeter turned the sirens into bird-like monsters because they failed to help her daughter. The second story, a little more flattering, in this case, the aggrieved sirens asked Demeter for wings so they could help her search for Persephone better. So interesting, kind of, you know, not even way back when. Um, you got two sides to every story. Um, the most serious appearances, as we just mentioned, uh, were the Odyssey. But, um, and yeah, apparently that's a lot there. Um, we do have them dealing with Orpheus, um, who was on board of the Argonaut ship, uh, 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 piloted by Jason. Um, the minute that uh, he heard their voices, um, and he pulled out his lyre, which is kind of like a harp, and the song was drowned out so nobody could hear. 
Um, so that's an interesting one right there. Um, a couple of people did seem to jump overboard to go, but Aphrodite, one of the other gods, saved them and brought them back. Um, let's see. Uh, the muses are part of them. Um, the sirens are never more humiliated, apparently, than when Hera persuaded them to challenge the muses to a singing contest. Unsurprisingly, the muses won, and as a punishment, they plucked out the sirens' feathers and used them to make crowns. That's really Ugh. All right, so finally, the death of the sirens. It said that the sirens were fated to die if anybody would hear them and live to tell the tale. So, as we mentioned before, uh, they basically uh, were killed in the story of the Odyssey. Um, if you want to learn more, you can read the, obviously, the Odyssey, the story of Jason the Argonauts, um, and obviously anything on the, um, what do you call it, the Greek gods as well. So, sirens are a rather interesting group of creatures. Um, and depending on who you ask, um, though mostly, excuse me, though most of the time they usually are not looked at as very pleasurable. So let's now go on because obviously just like the sirens, there are mythological creatures, mythical creatures, legendary, fairy tales, folklore, from everywhere around the world. So why not pop a couple more and decide what we think? This is coming from us from Parade.com, a very big uh, magazine. Um, of course, they do a lot of the entertainment news, food, health, and of course, <coughs> uh, books and more. So this are, uh, information we're getting from is a uh, blog that they made 30 most mythical, 30 most popular mythical creatures from folklore, legends, and fairy tales. I believe they, um, uh, blah, blah, whatever you're saying. They forgot the word most popular. All right, first up, we have the Oni. This comes out of Japanese myth. They were people that were so wicked in their lives, they were transformed into demons. Some were even bad enough to be transformed while still alive. They were giant, scary-looking monsters with red or blue skin, horns, tusks, and traditionally the servants of hell. They enact violent punishment on evildoers and will eat just about anything, including humans. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Um, sorry. So, yeah. Um, pretty much the Japanese demon villains. All right, number two on our list here, we're going to go to goblins. First appearing in Germanic and British folktales, goblins vary in abilities, physical appearances, purposes, and other things depending on the story. Like many European legends, the origin is not exactly clear. However, whether with devious tricks or real harm, they're universally known to be troublemakers and possess qualities of malice and greed. There you go, number two on the evil list. Let's see if we get something. All right, this next one I'm probably going to mix up. It's the Acrabuelamele, otherwise known as the Scorpion Man. Now, if you guys watch the Mummy uh, franchise, you might have recognized this character. He's a monstrous creature that appeared in Mesopotamia, specifically Babylonian creations. They are hybrids of scorpions and men, obviously. Um, while they are terrifying in appearance and were created a wage war, they also stood as guardians and often warned travelers who might be in danger. So there you go. They could be used for evil, but they also wanted to help. 
Number four, we have the fawns, which were goat men, uh, probably the most famous ones. Um, one I can think of is uh, Phil, forgot what his full name is, but Phil in the Hercules movie, at least. I don't know if he had one in real, but we know that that is what he's supposed to be. Um, so these were carried from Roman to Greek and or from uh, were carried over to Roman mythology from the Greek satyrs. In turn, satyrs appearance was based on the god Pan with the legs and tail of a goat. In art, they also feature other goat-like appearances as well. And they usually offer guidance and travelers. Oh, another one I just thought of was in the Narnia movies. I forgot what his name was, but the guy who uh, the little robot at the door. All right, one more here. Let's do the basilisk. Um, I believe I talked about this guy before. A serpentine creature who, much like the Gorgons, can kill with one look. Basilisk, sometimes called the King of Serpents, are featured in literature, including works by Chaucer and Da Vinci, as well as religious texts such as the Bible. It was hypothesized that basilisks could kill by subjecting them to odor of weasels. Oh, I'm sorry, could be killed by subjecting them to the odor of weasels, griffin tears, and seeing its own reflection. Well, there you go. So, yet again, weird, but fairly interesting. All right, you guys. So, this last one I know may not be a myth. But there is the historical behind it. We are going to review the 1954, and when I say review, just a very brief overview, Creature from the Black Lagoon. This was the original uh, hour and 20 minute film, obviously in black and white. The, main, the plot basically goes, according to IMDb here, a strange prehistoric beast lurks in the depths of the Amazonian jungle. A group of scientists try to capture it and bring it back to civilization for study. Well, if you guys ever watched King Kong, you know that was a bad idea. So, of course, you can imagine what happens here. Creature from the Black Lagoon has been redone multiple times. Um, it's part of the Universal Monsters with uh, Dracula and uh, Frankenstein and all that. This original one was one of the ones that started it all, along with those other ones I just uh, met, uh, mentioned. Um, at the time, we had uh, cast members such as Richard Carlson as Dr. David Reed, Julie Adams as Kay Lawrence, Richard Denning as Dr. Mark Williams, and Antonio Moreno as Dr. Carl Maya, uh, Nestor Peva, Whit Bissell, Bernie Gozer, and more uh, ring out the rest. Um, for me, obviously, I don't know these people now because these were you know this was in the 50s but i do remember watching different versions of this this obviously came under a franchise you had parts three and four and whatever um <coughs> excuse me um but it is it goes under the myth because this is one of those stories based on supposed cultural artifacts of what were um what were found now of course no uh no, no stories I've heard of dealt with swamp men. Um, we do have Bigfoot. We do have Yeti, which live in sometimes swampy areas. Um, so really, as far as the character goes, it is fictional fully. But it is an interesting character when it comes to what the back of it is. A lot, um, a part of this goes into how one of the characters uh, describes it apparently incorrectly, as one of the goose says, as a... Um, during a period of a prehistoric age known as the Devonian age, which was actually wrong. But the fact that they are comparing this to something that would be found prehistoric wise, dinosaur bones, whatnot, does go along with the culture of finding things and always learning about what's new and happening. Um, as it goes on, you have, um, you know, the, the story, the, ma the maiden in the story, the swamp monster falls in love, 
it's a matter of, oh, is he really that bad? There's a lot of different, you know, tropes that go on there regularly. Um, but, you know, for what it was, it was a pretty good um, story. It apparently grossed 275, I think that's million when it first, not the greatest nowadays, but hey, it's pretty good. Um, but it's a, it's a movie that if you can't do horror, but you want to watch, it's in black and white. It's not too grotesque. And it's a pretty interesting little flick. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they should leave these things down to just be, be away and not keep bringing them back. But what do I know? I'm not in the movie business. As that's being said, um, go watch it. It's pretty cool. You can get it on most uh, streaming. Uh, if not, you can rent it on probably any device. Um, Amazon, you can probably watch on Netflix as I just said streaming. But go check it out. It's a pretty good film. Hour and 20. It's a very short movie. But, you know, I recommend it. All right, you guys. So if you guys had a fun, spooktacular time, please give us a subscribe, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Thanks for those who are watching live. If you weren't able to catch it live, you'll be able to check it out on those three uh, platforms on replay. As always, guys, we appreciate the love and support. The more you give to us, the more we give to you. And as always, have a wonderful day. We'll be back tomorrow with another video.